know what that means? Everything. Anglo-thieves. Gettle's gone. Oh my god, you people have just failed me. Failed me utterly. Congratulations, Scotland. We have just gone full internet it's november 9th 2016 and america just fucked the world sorry <sighs> i hate this year i really do we're drinking we're uh, drinking except kaylee kaylee's enjoying quiche feel free kaylee to join us quiche. she's she's good she's in sad. alcohol or quiche yep and she is a puppy well, he's in bed right now so well he's a smart dog <laughs> <laughs> You're giving that dog a lot of credit. Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so... America just... Trump to the presidency. And the Republicans have control of both houses of Congress. And they will, of course confirm anyone he nominates to the Supreme Court. So basically every bit of progressive change we've made in the past ever is going out the window. The thing about this election is that Godwin's law became a self-fulfilling prophecy. As much as you keep telling people, you know, you really shouldn't compare things to, you know, who... (sighs) Uh, you know, the similarities are really hard to ignore in this case. And basically, I mean, there's there's going to be unnumberable think pieces about what happened and why didn't the polls reflect all of this, and blah, 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 blah. But basically, what happened and what is happening around the globe is that not white people are saying you know we think this white supremacy thing kind of sucks and we would like for that to not be a thing anymore can we figure out a way for it to not be a thing and white people are going no and setting everything on fire so does this make pence himmler i don't know i um, think it does honestly not i don't know if Himmler was i don't know if Himmler was as obsessed with fetuses <laughs> I'm honestly not familiar enough with the Nazi command structure to be able to make that comparison. I want to say Himmler was the inventor of the concentration camps. It might have been Goebbels. Those are the two names I know off the top of my I head. I think Goebbels sounds right. <sighs> um, this episode is depressing. It's depressing. We're sorry. We, <laughs> but... Hey, we've made it ten minutes in. Okay, six minutes in, and I haven't cried yet, so... (laughs) You know, it took me ages to cry. And I wanted to cry really, really hard. I felt like it was the kind of... Not necessarily release I needed, I just felt like it was the appropriate reaction to have. And it took me hours to actually make it happen. I was tempted to, like, hit my head against a wall or slam my hand in a door or something. I just needed to do it, and I couldn't. I, I spent most of the day like trying not to cry at my desk, so 
Um, yeah, that was my day too, because it's work and it would be inappropriate. But right. If it's any consolation, the UK is fucking up hardcore too. Not a lot, honestly. Because what I, I know that what I'm supposed to say is, okay, well, there's a lot of work to do and we'll keep fighting, but I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Yeah. And, okay, here we go. <laughs> and while I, I would like to say that, oh my god, I just don't recognize who this country is anymore, that's not true. I just, I really thought that we were better, like two percentage points better. (laughs) And we're not. And I thought that we, I, I thought that we were actually moving forward as a society. We had marriage equality. We were working on healthcare. People were talking about income inequality. And now that is all fucked and we're just scrabbling and we're going to spend the next, I don't know how many years, because it's going to be more than two and it's going to be more than four, just pushing to try and keep things at some sort of a status quo and it's not going to work. And a lot of people are going to die because they're going to lose their health care coverage or trans rights are going to go and people are going to commit suicide. I'm just tired. So that's where I am right now. And I'm not gonna lie and say I'm not thinking about leaving because I am. But that's not, it's not like that's a simple, I'll just pack a suitcase and show up on Alina's couch and everything will be fine. Um, because eventually she's going to want money for rent or something. <laughs> <laughs> or the the UK government will go, you're not actually British. Your accent isn't that good. And I'll say, well, that is true. It's actually, it's, it's pretty appalling. <sighs> so, but I'm still looking at it. Because it's just me and... I know I should stay and fight, but I just... I'm tired. This is a super depressing episode, guys. (laughs) Sorry. It's cheaper than therapy, let's be honest. Oh, that's true. (laughs) I I promise you the Canadian government will kick you out way before I would. (laughs) (laughs) If there's any consolation, Scotland's probably going to end up going independent anyway, and we're supposed to be really gung-ho about immigration, so, you know, okay. hang around long enough and see how long it takes for that to happen. Is there a second independence referendum? Is that practically a sure thing, or how does it work? If Nicola Sturgeon gets her own way, then yes. It's, um, it's a mess, because I don't want it, and yet it's being pushed as this only option we have to get back into the European Union, even for the EU have basically said... You know, Spain have this veto power, and because of that whole Catalonia thing, you're probably not going to get in. But then that's con- that's described as well. People are just talking Scotland down. I, I don't know what kind of amazing <laughs> world superpower they think Scotland is, but it- it- we're not at that level. I don't think Shortbread and Outlander has got us there yet. <laughs> mm. 
so we're in that just it's very I don't want to say contentious because I feel like on the gradient scale of political contentiousness mm. uh, we're, we're pretty low right now mm. um, it's just referendums are the shittest way to do politics I think yeah and we have to go through two and two years and the the ramifications of that on a purely personable level are I think now irrevocably toxic. I don't like post-Brexit Britain. I'm mm-hmm. kind of shielded from a lot of that crap because I'm white. Um, I live in a rural Scottish area. I'm under an SNP government. SNP are, you know, quite... Well, they push themselves more progressive now, but that's a whole different topic entirely. But you hear about things like the rise in anti-LGBT mm-hmm. violence. You hear about the rise in homophobia. You hear about the rise in... Um, racist abuse. You hear about this incredibly right-wing 1930s rhetoric regarding immigration. And you just want to stand up and scream, did none of you people read anything of history? Did none of you understand what it, the work you have put into actively repeating this stuff? And I am so fucking sick of pompous rich white men telling me they're anti-establishment heroes fuck you Mm -hmm. fuck you ruining our system for your own egos fuck Nigel Farage fuck Tangerine Hitler I there's so many more I mean what's going on across Europe with people like Marine Le Pen a woman for a change yay lean in Mm. and I just keep thinking what does it take for you to get to that level of dehumanisation? Britain has taken in a handful of, of Syrian refugees. A handful of Syrian child refugees. Their faces were plastered across newspapers in this country with people talking about how they were clearly far too old to actually be children and we need to see their dental records as proof that they were actually children. Yeah, and people asking, well, where are the girls or the young kids? And the answer to that is... They didn't make it. Okay, and also fuck right-wing um, American and British politicians who are men who try yeah. to use uh, the, the Middle East and the horrible situations of women there to not only attack feminism but to attack Islam. Yeah. Not your territory. Back the fuck off. Yeah. I just... Uh, I've, I've spent the whole day just going, I just don't know. I'm looking for a post that I'll link in the show notes. With the dates of the, what are they called, the midpoint elections? the um, Midterms. Midterms, thank you. It just flew out of my head. Uh, there's kind of a master post to notice on Tumblr with some dates and, and jurisdictions where that will be in contention for people who who do feel like they, they want to do or they want, they want to know that something they can be done. They need a goal to go for, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of the problems is that... That while Congress has a super low approval rating because they do jack shit because obstructionism, blah blah blah, a lot of there isn't a lot of turnover, especially in the House, because while people hate Congress, they like their personal legislature, or nobody's running against them, or they're like, well, he seems to be doing okay. okay. My personal congressman—that sounds weird—has been in one seat or another it's shifted around a little bit thanks to redistricting or gerrymandering if you want to be you know honest about it for over 20 years 
And he was running unopposed this time. Because, like, running, especially in Massachusetts, running for a House seat is not easy. Especially if you haven't been, like, if you haven't grown up in Massachusetts. It's, it, politics here is super tribal. I mean, Capone is fine. He's fine. He sort of understands how technology works, I guess. <laughs> He used his Twitter account a little bit. And, you know, he's perfectly personable the couple of times I've met him. But, you know, new new blood certainly would be interesting. Massachusetts, like most of the rest of the country, is browning in various ways. So in our, I believe, all of our congressional delegation is white. I believe that's true. So, yeah. And now that President Obama has said that his wants to work on post-presidency is um, redistricting and ending gerrymandering so that districts don't look random and weird and are designed to keep Republicans in power. And... That would be something interesting to work on. I've also seen at least one post that brought up something uh, you, Raiden, has been saying, and that is that uh, the path to power for a political party doesn't begin with putting somebody on the ballot. It begins with local event elections. Yes! At grassroots yes. level and working up, and you know maybe people will wake up to that more that... I don't expect them to. I'm feeling very pessimistic about the American public right now. I'm feeling baffled by the process. I mean, this, you know, this was just an election where everything that was expected went completely backwards. You know, I mean, Clinton is going to get so many hot takes on all the things that she did wrong. You know, her campaign was brilliantly done. Yeah. No, she her campaign was, the one that got was... Out the she was the one with the volunteers. She was the one that did all of the great ads, all of the right things that you are supposed to do. Yeah. And she ran against a cult leader and the cult leader won. Yeah. yeah. And that's hard to I don't know how you quantify that. I, I really don't. I don't think there are I mean, words. There aren't words. There I mean there are there are some. I mean straight up sexism misogyny is one of them straight up fear of straight up xenophobia is another Trump promised to care about those brown people and so he got white people I'm so angry and ashamed of other white women right now because white women went for him 50% nobody hates women like women it's true Except for me right now. And of course, people are now talking about the Electoral College and how it, that needs to be changed, which, you know, it's not going to happen because it requires a constitutional amendment. And that is a process that requires Congress to actually agree on a thing. In, I think it's six elections, Democrats have won the popular vote six times. Something like that. So, you know, certainly Republicans are in no hurry 
to get rid of the Electoral College, even though it means that not everybody's vote is equal. And it's a remnant of slavery. So it doesn't it doesn't work anymore. And it certainly was not designed to work with there being 50 states. It was designed to work when there were 13. And I do not believe the founders, when they wrote the Constitution, even envisioned that the United States would be as big as it is and certainly not as diverse. How do you personally feel about what the FBI director did? Fuck him. I think he should go fuck himself. He should go fuck himself and he needs to he needs to resign and he's not going to. But he absolutely did what I mean it's standard procedure that if you're investigating somebody who is in a campaign especially this close to the election day you don't say anything publicly. And usually you're looking at states that are or you're looking at races that are like state houses and stuff like that. Fight. Like, he he deliberately fucked with the election for no reason whatsoever. Well, I, I think he had a reason. Cause I... Well, yeah, he had a reason. Cause it, they were saying that the FBI is basically Trumplandia. Oh. And the emails that they found, it honestly... It... it Like, what I'm doing right now is going through documents for a legal reason. And, you know, I'm getting paid money for it. It's kind of, well, it's really boring is what it is. It's terribly boring. But they have computer programs that can sort, they could have done that quietly and said, okay, well, we found these emails and we went through them and they're nothing. And they could have waited until after the election. And I don't know if we can say for absolute certainty that that is what lost the election for Clinton. I kind of doubt it. Mm-hmm. I think it was certainly a factor, but... I think it was partly to blame, but I also just think that this race was just so beyond the rules of normalcy and decency yeah. that to point to one thing or another cannot explain it. I think cult of personality is really... The most, yeah. um, the only way I can put it, I don't understand how sixty something percent of white women can put aside a man bragging about grabbing women's genitalia and getting away with it because he's famous, because they hate Hillary Clinton that much. I don't understand that. Oh. I don't understand being able <sighs> to look at your daughters, your mothers, your sisters, your family, your friends, any women in the street, and and know that you support a man who thinks that. That rape culture is his domain. Yeah. Has there been precedent? I'm sure, I mean, it's a long history, so maybe there have been, but surely not recent, to have an incoming president with active, multiple active criminal cases against him in which he may be found guilty. I don't know if he's had any criminal cases. He's got, like, five bazillion civil cases. Already, okay, the... The one where the woman is accusing him of raping her when she was 13, is that a civil lawsuit that she's that a... That is a civil lawsuit, okay. and she has dropped it because she was getting death threats. Okay. I actually haven't so, seen the news yet of it that being yeah. dropped. 
That was that was quietly announced like last week. Yeah. This is the kind of thing that countries like Britain and America usually brag about only happening in quote unquote other countries, which they mean Asia and Africa. Mm-hmm. So I I can't think of another case where an incoming president has multiple um, civil cases against him, which will now probably just quietly get tabled. And a lot of them will get dropped because I, I don't remember offhand if presidential immunity will work for him in this case, but it might. Uh-huh. This is also a win for anti-intellectualism. The man does not read. Doesn't read. He doesn't know how anything works. He doesn't know how the government works. He hasn't even watched Schoolhouse Rock. He doesn't know how a bill becomes a law. There was a moment during the EU referendum. It was either a UKIP or a Tory politician said, I, for one, am sick and tired of hearing from experts. And that terrifies me because I think we saw a lot of that in this election. I think it was the driving force, actually. It, it was. It absolutely was. And like he could blatantly say, and eventually the media started calling him out on it but like he would lie in a debate and a moderator would call him out and he would just sort of walk past it and he he would lie in speeches and his supporters would be it's obviously the truth he wouldn't say it if that's the truth and then he would say something else and they go well that is now the truth and that is terrifying. Oh, that's a cult. That is yes. what that is. That's that is what it is. Because the amount of support he gets from people saying, like, I just like that he tells it like it is, when the lies are just so blatant, and I can't yeah. wrap, like, I can't put myself in those shoes. I can't understand that worldview. Yeah. I don't understand, I understand disenfranchisement with the pill. Get that. I don't understand being so gleefully willing to actively put aside all sense of decency and ethics and faith and then claim it's just because you like someone telling it like it is. Telling it like it is is the dog whistle of our age because what it really means is I like the fact that someone gets to be a bigoted douchebag without ramifications. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. It's, the, it's every time someone thinks that they are an absolute hot shit because they're ran- rallying against quote-unquote political correctness gone mad or social justice warrior. Mm-hmm. We've now got Gamergate, the government. That's yeah. what this is. Yeah. And, you know, it is terrifying enough just being a woman with a Twitter account talking about something as simple as, hey, wouldn't it be cool if I got equal pay as men? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what it's going to be like now? And I'm saying that as someone who's British and is obviously, you know, shielded from some of the the consequences of that but still the precedent that this sets mm-hmm. is and i don't want to sound paranoid here but i think that the role that the media played in building this cult is unforgivable yeah i look at shit cnn pulled i look at shit msnbc pulled i look at the shit that happened with jimmy fallon yeah i'm dying to ask jimmy fallon what trump's dick tastes like <laughs> Same for Lauren Michaels from SNL. Yeah. Yeah. Just all of because all of that does contribute. 
I mean, I was waiting for Jimmy Fallon to announce that next week he was going to be playing beer pong with Kim Jong-un in the reanimated corpse of General Pinochet. Mm-hmm. It was just this level of... I remember when, like, when, one of the issues that I'd had with John Stewart during his heyday was when he would get really passionate and write about something and then back up and say, but I'm just a comedian. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Fallon pulled that shit. It's like, oh, I, but I'm really fun and easy with everyone like that. And it's like, why are you putting everyone on this same curve? Why are, but like, why did you guys do that with Trump and Clinton? How dare you claim that she is in any way equivalent to him? How dare you? Yeah. I'm sure Trump was an excellent cocaine snorting buddy. Allegedly. Allegedly. So, yes, I'm tired. I'm scared. I, I'm scared as well. And I'm also just, I feel staggeringly impotent. Yeah. All of the things that we were told would help with these, this process would be the winning tools. Hope, reason, intellect, good sense of humour when necessary, strong sense of camaraderie with your, your collaborators and your partners and such like that. And it it didn't. After all, you know, the years of, you know, hope and change will rise, but we, we, you, they go low, we go high, and it didn't work. It didn't work, and everything... Everything Obama did. It's gonna go. It's gone. Everything. I mean, the stock for the private prison corporations shot up last night. Oh, God. Well, everything else tanked. I've gotten into a couple of Facebook fights today. I regret nothing. Um, Including one guy who was like, well, the only thing I care about is that that people getting put into prison last night and hear Clinton talk about that at all. And I said, yeah, you heard Trump talk about it. You heard him talk about law and order and you know what that means or you should is this is what it means. It means more people in prison, which you said you don't want. It means more families being split up, more kids growing up without a father because their father is in prison. It means more police powers. It means more stop and frisk. It means all of these things. And if you're a single issue voter, like you say you are, well, then your choice was pretty fucking clear. Also, seriously, fuck single issue voters. Can we just... Yeah, exactly. How... exactly. That's what bothered me so much about this election as well, was everything had to be reduced to spiffy catchphrases you could put on a hat. Or you know, lines that you could digest into one hot take. And that's how you led to this ridiculous equivalence that somehow Trump and Clinton were in the same, like, oh, well, nobody talks about policy. Clinton did nothing but talk about policy. Yeah. The only reason she had to get dragged into half of the nonsense that went on was because she had to respond to the shit that Trump was saying about her. Yeah. And hearing people go, well, you know, she didn't respond to him all the time in the debate, she kind of let some stuff go. Like, yeah, if she responded to absolutely everything he said, then she would be only doing talking about what he wanted to talk about and nothing about what she wanted to talk about. Seriously, this asshole can be baited with a tweet. Clinton is absolutely right about that. Obama is absolutely right about that. And this is the guy we're giving our nuclear codes to. And the military guys who are in charge of the nuclear weapons are scared shitless. The most depressing lesson or that's being being beaten into me by life kind of in adulthood is that 
they lie to you, you know, like you just if you're a good person, that's how you win at life now. You mm-hmm. know. The good people are the ones who are gonna lose at life. Yeah. I, I don't even think it's necessarily that. I think it is the people who are always in charge, the people who always have the power get to set the terms of debate. It doesn't matter that Clinton is known for being a warm, gracious, funny person mm-hmm. because Trump's a man, he gets to call her a crooked and a bitch and all that, and that's what sticks. It doesn't matter that anytime I, you know, you've written a review of a book or a film or whatever um, and someone calls you a bully, it doesn't matter if, if what you've written is... 100% you know, free of malice because someone has thrown that word at you, if it's an, an offer throws that word at you as well, it mm-hmm. sticks the balance of power is completely ruled by weaponized niceness yep which is how you get women like Ivanka Trump yeah and that is hard to deal with because you want to be a good person, and sometimes that involves being a nice person, but that's not the, that shouldn't be the sole defining feature of yourself. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be the sole defining feature of womanhood. And I know that this is so much more difficult for women of colour. I mean, we, white women don't have to deal so much with this sort of angry stereotype. Mm-hmm. But the way that shrill was thrown at Hillary Clinton, the way that crooked was thrown at Hillary Clinton, the way the most baseless accusations were thrown at her. And the way that she just brushed it off that made me feel like, you know, maybe I could rise above that. Mm-hmm. If she can do it, we can all do it. And now I realise I don't think any of us can. No. The subtitle of my Tumblr is Good is Different Than Nice. Mm-hmm. Which is the counterfactual of the line from Into the Woods, which is nice is different than good. Now, I, I've said a lot of times that I'm not a nice person, and I'm not. But I try to be for the greater good. I'm not always great at it. But I try to think about people other than myself as to what needs to be done and what is needful. And so, yeah, I'll pay higher taxes so that other people can get health care or... So that, you know, shit gets, like, we need roads. We need schools. All of these things cost money. And I'm more than willing to pay my fair share for that. And you know and what? Some. And you know what? I, I want to work hard. I am happy to work hard. But I do not feel that all of our problems and everything in our world can be solved if you just work hard enough. You shouldn't have to work three jobs just to scrape by. You shouldn't have to you know, slave morning, noon and night for pennies. You shouldn't have to work you know, multiple jobs to pay your way through university with debt you'll back in your lifetime. Hello. You shouldn't have to do these things. And the idea that there is nobility in that, the idea of the the power of really twisted individualism, mm-hmm. with its, which is rooted in capitalism. The idea that this is how greatness is made, rather than this is how the status quo is exacerbated, rather than how this is how privilege is bred, um, I find particularly insidious. 
and then couple that with, well, you know, I'm not part of the establishment is just infuriating. Mm-hmm. Like there's a line from the West Wing where father is talking about how he's worried about putting his kid through college. Mm-hmm. And he says, I don't mind that it's hard. It's good that it's hard. And what he doesn't say, and what I wish that Sorkin had actually had the balls to say is, but it shouldn't be impossible. He says, I just wish it was a little bit easier, which, you know, yeah. Like, it shouldn't be impossible to work a reasonable number of hours and be able to afford a decent place to live and feed your kid and be able to see a doctor when you need to. It it just, it shouldn't be. And yet here we are. People can talk all they want about how the U.S. is not a third world country, but there are parts of it that are. I don't lay that at Obama's feet because he is one branch of government, but I do lay that at the feet of Congress, and I lay that at the feet of the states that just let this keep happening and don't care. And that's the thing that frustrates me, is that there are so many people who just don't care. How can you not see that other people suffering doesn't make things better for you, and that you can, like, you want to call yourself a Christian, be a fucking Christian. Because Jesus didn't say anything about capitalism. Other than, you know, it's bad and don't... Jesus didn't say anything about abortion because it wasn't any of his fucking business. And Jesus didn't say anything about homosexuals. It's not any of his fucking business. He said, help poor people. Love your neighbor. And using the government as an arm to help your neighbor is more efficient charity and you know if you are sitting there saying that well I never took a handout that is a pile of bullshit it is an absolute pile of bullshit and what the fuck is wrong with a handout now and then? there's no shame in needing help mm-hmm. I, I've taken you know benefits from the state that I was entitled to sometimes it felt really shitty and I shouldn't have felt shitty because I wasn't, I was, it was right for me to take them. It shouldn't have felt shitty. I shouldn't have had to feel like that. No. My parents shouldn't have had to feel like that when they had to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I've gotten unemployment benefits. I was on them last year. And it, you know, it, it was to pay my rent. I had the savings. But it, I mean, it helped take the edge off so that I could actually continue to live and not just, I hate people. <laughs> They're terrible. And that's what, uh, go back to you saying, you know, how you can care. It becomes incredibly easy to not care about the process mm-hmm. when this stuff happens. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it's not just, like, 
you're too stressed or too busy to care about the process. It's that in the U.S., school curriculum has been cut and slashed that this ignorance of the process is deliberately engineered. Civics is no longer taught in a lot of schools. Don't understand how the process works. I'm seeing a lot of people today going, wait, what's the electoral college thing? Which is not a particularly easy topic to grasp if you don't have somebody who actually understands it explaining it to you, and that shouldn't have to be CNN. Not that they were especially doing it. No, they're not. They never do. But, like, how does the primary work? Well... Let me explain how this ridiculously convoluted, stupid system works. And how does a bill become a law? Trump doesn't know. How does, like, how do the branches of government work together? How does the government even work? How, who should I talk to? Like, like, you can go to your, your state legislatures and ask them for help with pretty much anything. And they will ideally, I at the very least, listen sympathetically or find somebody to talk to. Like, your town isn't keeping up on upkeep in a park. You can call your state representative and they'll call the town and maybe shit will get, some, get done. That's what they're there for is constituent services. But a lot of people don't know that. Your insurance company is denied benefits that are clearly yours. You can call your state senator for help. But people don't know that. That that is part of their job. That's what you elect them for. And people don't realize that, well, you know, a presidential election takes a lot of energy and a lot of time and a lot of attention. The thing that is going to affect your day-to-day life the most is your town council. And that's going to be the the people who collect your trash or hire your police and make sure you have clean water. I'm just saying. Well, people don't know that. And this kind of, this ignorance is engineered because an ignorant population is easily led. And I would not be surprised if we find ourselves in a world war in the next 10 years. I think that's where we're headed. And I had this hope that the fact that World War One and Two are, you know, less than a hundred years away would keep us from that. And that horrifying thought. Mm. I don't blame people if they don't have hope. I don't blame people if they manage to hang on to their optimism and fight. I think whatever view anyone has right now is 100% valid. Mm-hmm. My hope is that the, the small vestiges of hope that I have right now um, because the quiche has not yet settled in my stomach <laughs> is that I don't even know how to start. I guess the, the people who have the energy to keep fighting are stronger than I am. Mm. 
and that oh, I'm going to start crying <laughs> and future generations of girls who have seen this election understand that they actually do have value mm-hmm. and that their their voices matter so much they always have and that they, they will feel diminished by this but they shouldn't and there are people there who love you and oh crap <laughs> And value you, and want you to. Well, there we go. <laughs> we want you to set the world on fire. <laughs> so, if anyone wants like a sponsorship for a Visa for Scotland, <laughs> just drop me a message on Twitter. <laughs> did Did you see that the Canadian immigration website crashed? I yeah. Did. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying Justin Trudeau could rent out a lot of rooms in that building. He could. It'd be fine. I mean, if he's got decent Wi-Fi, people will come. Right. Easiest way to come to Canada is funnily enough to be a lumberjack, which is... I'm almost joking, but the easiest way to come to Canada is (laughs) is to agree to live in the far north for a few years. But the further north you go, the the less taxes you pay. Mm. Raiden, how much flannel do you own? I can get more flannel, and my and a my great grandfather on my grandmother's side was a lumberjack. There we go. So I, I'm sure I've got some genetic memory somewhere. <laughs> now this is an axe, right? Right. <laughs> and I use the we pointy. call it this swingy hitty thing. <laughs> <laughs> then I can throw it, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll cook for the lumber camps. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. On an extraordinarily petty note, I feel very bad for Tiffany Trump. So I was really hoping that she would be able to break away from her toxic family and change her name to Tiff Maples. Yeah. And stop trying to gain her father's attention, basically. I hope Trump realizes being president doesn't mean he, he doesn't get to fuck his daughter. You know, I don't know. I don't know what Trump realizes it doesn't, because it's not human. No. I don't know why he wanted it. That was what got me. Like, he reminded me so much of Boris Johnson, who seemed to keep chasing power for no re- other reason than he wanted the chase, and then didn't know what, what know what to do when it was within his grasp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... This has been your... Extraordinarily depressing <laughs> post-election episode of Anglophies. <laughs> I don't know what to say other than, oh, made a fail has gone on a bit of a hiatus. Mm-hmm. I, we haven't actually talked about this, but I don't believe we are. I don't think we should. I no, don't I'm, need to. I, I'm I'm cool without the hiatus. Okay. Yeah, we can talk about happy right. things next month, like Netflix shows about royalty. Yes, yeah. exactly. We're crown <laughs> and possibly some other things too or oh you know talk about just you know tv shows and movie about royalty we can talk about rain some more <laughs> you talk about we, is this just gonna be the royal we <coughs> yeah yeah <laughs> the royalist episode a republican scott's gonna be really unhappy <laughs>
Look, if anyone is willing to provide me with thinly veiled fiction about Megan Marvel's and Nightbreed's Harry, I know, I'll take right? it. <laughs> exactly. How many romance um, authors on Twitter were like, "I'm totally not writing this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to suss out some secret fanfiction.net accounts. Are, are you two gonna make me stalk them when they're in Toronto? Yes. Well, you've thrown that out into the open now. <laughs> Now that you've said it, yes, yes, we are. Has anyone actually seen Suits? I have. No, it's sort of it's on the list. I, I've watched the first two seasons of it, I think. Okay. It's got Gina Torres, and she's wonderful in it. Yeah, well, I've I've seen the Jeffs. It's good, and it's very recognizably filmed in Toronto. It's got these aerial shots that Jim and I looked and like, huh, that's a familiar intersection we were at last week. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm hugely disappointed that there are no Meghan Markle, Prince Harry fanfictions in AO3. Oh, there's come plenty on! Of Prince Harry original character fiction stories, but there aren't any others. Well, Prince Harry drafted a very nice letter in which he asked us to be respectful. Holy shit, how amazing is that letter? I know. Mm-hmm. That is like, that, guys, that is legit unprecedented. It is. It's great PR. Oh, it's brilliant PR, but it's also It's also it was it's badass and yeah. <laughs> and not a little bit hot. And it's also a sign that hey, maybe the royal family are actually beginning to give a fuck about the women that they constantly drag into their lives and then ruin because they never offer them protection. Mm-hmm. Kate Middleton didn't get this and she was with um Prince William for about a decade before they got married. Mm-hmm. Right. The closest they got was I think her lawyer had to release a statement and then Prince William would sort of ambiguously refer to his girlfriend in interviews and her privacy. But he he never gave a statement like this. This is the moment where uh, Crispin Glover punches out uh, young Donald Trump in Back to the Future and carries out Leah Thompson. Mm. I really should have gone for a better romantic one there. Right. <laughs> oh, for anyone who's interested, the second most popular uh, pairing of British royalty fix on AO3 is Princess Anne and Timothy Lawrence. They have 22 fictions written about them. Oh, okay. Timothy Lawrence. Princess Anne's husband. Second husband. Oh, well, oh that's, okay. That's boring. Sure. They all seem to be written by the same person. <laughs> that's fascinating. Okay, the <laughs> whole so, story there. So this I want is to a preview of our regularly scheduled episode, which will be out in a couple of weeks once... Alina has finished watching The Crown and Kaylee has actually watched it. <laughs> you know, your updates are just so entertaining. I don't know how the show can live up to it. Oh, no, no. I finished it. I, I properly marathoned that thing. Well, good. there you go, Kaylee. <laughs> Crown's in your court. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am excited for it. I, I'm eager to see just how racist Prince Philip is. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> We'll talk about it. They don't, they don't really pull the punches, but yeah. We will leave that for your next episode so that you can all get back to us being like our reasonable, chipper, charismatic selves. Exactly. And not, you know, crying into our wine. Yeah. In good election news, Minnesota elected a Somali-American woman as a state legislator. Legislator. And that's our first elected Somali-American person ever. 
So that's and good. Tammy Duckworth is a senator now. Tammy, Tammy Duckworth is going to be a senator. So is Kamala Was- Harris. Washington elected an Indian American woman to hold a seat in the House of Representatives. I'm, I've got a post on Tumblr up. Florida elected a Vietnamese American woman to Congress. Kamala Harris is a senator from California now. Uh, Nevada elected the first Latina senator in U.S. history, so that's something. And Oregon elected an openly LGBT governor, so so that's that. Hurrah for maddeningly incremental progress. Maddeningly incremental progress, but, you know, we'll take it. Also, on a purely petty note, I really need New Hampshire to get their own TV market. Because I'm really tired of their political ads. <laughs> really tired. Really tired. I'm sure that they would like to have their own too, because then they wouldn't get the Massachusetts political ads, of which I am also tired, but I accept as a you know, price of actually living here. So yeah. Massachusetts, I'm sure it'll cost like $5 each. I'm happy to kick in. We'll buy you your own. It'll be fine. Do we want to wrap this episode up with the NPR? What's making us happy this week? Because I feel yes. like yes, we do. I feel like we should we should boost it up. Yes, a little or bit. Well, well, no, our version is forward to. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that resembles, but is legally distinct. <laughs> it's legally distinct. <laughs> I apologize for my cough, guys. I'm coming up, coming off of a cold. Anyway, I'm in Hamilton this weekend. I'm also seeing Richard Armitage in Love, 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 and I'm seeing Lee F. Schreiber in Dangerous Liaisons. The newly single Lee F. Schreiber. The newly single, and I have new boots. Mm. I'm just saying. <laughs> so that's what I'm looking forward to. I'll be in New York this weekend. I feel you deserve some sort of, like, post-election really, Lee F. I, I planned this. I would love to say that I, you know, planned this deliberately so that I, you know, get... <laughs> Have either a election celebratory weekend or an election consolation weekend. But really, this is just the weekend that I happen to get the Hamilton ticket, and then I planned everything else around it. But past me was smarter than I knew. So, yeah. So, if you see, like, a, a mopey redhead wandering around New York, it's probably not. There's a lot of people in New York. <laughs> But there's a chance. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, Alina, what are you looking forward to? One of my oldest best friends is getting married later this month. I'm her maiden of honor. And this Friday, I'm kind of stealing her away from the hustle and bustle and giving her a day off. <laughs> Yay! Do you have a pretty dress? It's in the mail. Okay, so you don't know if it's pretty yet? Yeah. Okay. And the, and the wedding very soon. So it better get here. It's purple. Okay. Fingers crossed that it's actually pretty and we demand pictures. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not just of you, but also of her dress. Will do. Yeah. And Kaylee? Okay, uh, two things. Uh, it was my one of my grandmother's birthdays on Halloween. She's 76, so me and my sister took her and my her and my other gran out for a meal. 
and then we took her for drinks and we were like you know what we should all do at christmas time we should all go down to edinburgh and see the big musical that's coming and it's mamma mia and then i got went and bought the tickets on my phone so we're all going to see mamma mia in december hey which i've actually seen on west end but this is basically the ultimate christmas show for all of the women in my family mamma mia here I go again. <laughs> Basically, I mean, I was raised by ABBA geeks, so this is very exciting for us. Um, so that's one thing I'm very much looking forward to. And then on Friday and Saturday, I'm going to be having my super size Amy Adams double bill because both Arrival and Nocturnal Animals get UK releases this weekend. Arrival is her sci-fi movie where she plays a linguist who's called in to decipher the language of an alien race that's landed on Earth. It's by Denis Villeneuve, I think it's pronounced. Sorry, French, Canada. And it's based on the Ted Shang story, Story of Your Life, which, if you haven't read it, is very beautiful, cerebral science fiction that will probably make you cry. Mm -hmm. So maybe not read that now, but, you know, go to it later. Um, And it's full of wonderful actors and also Jeremy Renner. So I'm excited for that. And then Nocturnal Animals. <laughs> legit. Case, legit. <laughs> the, the posters for the movie are on the side of a lot of buses around here. And it's just his face looking gormlessly at nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like, that, that, that's your range, darling. Uh, and then yeah, I'm also... Yeah, like to you. And then you opened your mouth and said things. Yeah. There's a great Mindy Project quote where she says, My body is very attracted to your body. But when you talk, I'm just... My brain so gets attracted. angry. Yeah, yeah. brain gets angry. <laughs> Uh, and then I'm going to go see Nocturnal Animals, which is Tom Ford's second directorial film, where Amy Adams plays, um, as you do, a middle-class art gallery owner in New York who finds that her ex-husband has written a very violent thriller. Oh, that's the one with Lynn, her and Isla Fisher. And, Isla Fisher. Yes. and they're like leading into the fact that they look exactly alike. Yes, it is. Excellent. Um, so I'm excited for that because that one also has an awesome cast. It's Amy Adams and Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Shannon and Ayla Fisher and Army Hammer pops up as well. Who's playing Jake Gyllenhaal's lookalike? Uh, Michael Shannon. Okay. Interesting. That part was originally for Joaquin Phoenix, if that makes any more sense. Uh, But I'm very excited for it because uh, if anyone's seen A Single Man, which is Tom Ford's adaptation of the Christopher Isherwood movie, uh, the Christopher Isherwood book stars Colin Firth as a professor who's go- trying to go about his day after the death of his partner, mm-hmm. as his male partner. And it is it is style over substance, but it is the most gorgeous style over substance. The exact kind of style over substance you expect from a fashion designer. It also has the most incredible score, mm-hmm. which will also make you cry. I should recommend happy things, yeah. But that's what I'm looking forward to because it's now Oscar season, so I am excited to throw myself into another pointlessly arbitrary system that will make me irrationally angry but isn't politics. Yeah. Yeah, I'd support that. And go team love and friendship for best adapted screenplay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's out on DVD. I really need to buy it. Yeah, I am... Um... Very annoyed that Loving has not been released in Boston yet. It has opened, but there are no theaters playing it in Boston. Oh, do you know what I really want to see? And it's not getting released here until, like, next March. Mm. The Handmaiden. Yeah, I haven't had time. It's in one theater in downtown, and I haven't had time to go see it yet. 
We're not getting loving until February. Fuck. Yeah, and La La Land looks <sighs> like, yeah, exactly. When is The Edge of Seventeen coming out? Is that coming out in theaters? That's coming out on November 18th here. Hopefully in wide release. That's the one I've been looking forward to. Yeah. We need more good teen comedies like that. We do. Mm. So yeah, this is the fun okay. season for movies. So, you know, find your team of the movie you're going to root for and get yep. really angry and it doesn't win all the awards. Because seriously, it is far more fun and distracting than other things going on right now. Exactly. Team Hidden Figures, y'all. Team Hidden Figures. I know, Kelly, you're on Team Moonlight. <laughs> yes, but also Team Fences. Oh, that's right. Viola is coming for you. Yes, well, she can have me. So does Denzel. Suck it, Casey Affleck. <laughs> yeah. Total category fraud, by the way. She shouldn't be going supporting actress, but I think she knows that's how she's going to win. Yeah. Because yep. actor actress is very, very tight this year. Super tight. I mean, Natalie Portman's playing Jackie O, guys. Exactly. And Ruth Negga's playing Mildred Loving. And Emma Stone is Emma in Stone musical. is in La La Land. So, yeah, it's going to be tight. Question. Uh, but How good is um, uh, Natalie Portman's Jackie accent? As someone who's from that area. Only- I've only seen one preview and I don't remember. And the Boston Brahmin accent is very different from most of the other Boston accents. So the accent that she had was, was it, it's like the difference between RP and East End London. Right. And then there's like their version of the Boston Brahmin accent like it it's it's a whole thing it's a whole thing like no one has that accent anymore it's pretty much gone i think the only person who still has that accent is mayor quimby on the simpsons pretty much yeah yeah uh tom menino died ted kennedy died hard to say if tom menino actually had that accent because he mumbled a lot we called him mumbles because he mumbled it was kind of hard to tell a uh, movie I'm not looking forward to is Patriot's Day, the Mark Wahlberg Boston Marathon bombing movie. Because it wasn't enough for him to single-handedly save people from the Deepwater Horizon disaster? Right, he has to single-handedly save people from the Boston Marathon bombing, too. And, yeah. No offense, you guys, but why do you tolerate Mark Wahlberg? We kind of don't. Well, some people do. I don't know why. Because... We feel like we don't have a lot of celebrities and apparently Chris Evans isn't enough for us. Which is... But he's Captain America! From time to time, we remember that Mark Wahlberg used to be Marky Mark. And I think the brief schadenfreudian glee we feel at that remembrance is why we keep him around. Mm. (laughs) I like this theory. I think my theory is we all remember that he was really good in Boogie Nights and we're letting him coast off that for quite some time. He was also good in The Departed. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. that film is on TV so often here. Mm, really? Yeah, it's on all huh. the time here. Weird. And my dad watches like the first forty minutes and then goes to bed. So I think all he remembers is that Dropkick Murphy song. Okay. In fairness, it plays a lot. Okay. <laughs> I prefer the town personally, but well, for for Ben Affleck, for Ben Affleck, and also. 
because of the line, I need you to help me, and I can't tell you where we're going or what we're doing or why, but I, I'm going to hurt some people, and I need your help. And Renner pauses for a minute and goes, we take my car, yours. I don't oh, know. God. Like ben, ben Affleck was on uh, Graham Norton last week. Now, he was looking very, um, very fresh-faced, uh-huh. I'm going to say. So I was thinking fillers, but he was also weirdly edgy and antagonistic and kind of red-faced, so I'm thinking maybe Coke? <laughs> maybe both? Well, we, Allegedly. We Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, we've heard that rumor before, haven't we? Wasn't it all but confirmed that he's um, really big into his... Um, his uh, vodka and coke. I thought it was confirmed that he was definitely into a lot of sex with people other than Jennifer Garner. Allegedly. <laughs> we could just keep throwing that word around. It's going to help. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying Batman, you, you don't need to try that hard. No, you, it's okay. And come and collect your fucking brother. Did that Not cheer good. everyone up a little bit? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, first day of Pacific Rim 2 started shooting today. Yeah. <gasps> Who's in it? I don't know. I know nothing. It doesn't matter. Somebody is producing it, but he's not in it, right? Wait, no, I think he's in I thought he was in it. I thought he was in it. I thought, that he? Was I the thought guy. he was just producing. Like, no, no, he's, in, no, he's in it as, as Idris Elba's son. <gasps> oh, that's so perfect. Oh, yes, yes, he is. He is in it. Yeah. So, Scott Eastwood. Christ, what would they need in the charisma vacuum? Uh, is it to counterbalance the charisma of John Vallega? Like, it's too much yeah. charisma. We need, like, a void to yeah. <laughs> some of it off. Was Jai Courtney unavailable? Apparently. I like him. He's, you know, kind of blank, but I like him. You know, he's not even the worst thing in Suicide Squad, so, you know. Oh, no, not at <laughs> he all. He comes out of that, like, as unscathed as you could from that movie. Well, it's easy to do when you don't exist. (laughs) (laughs) If a Jai Courtney falls in the forest and there's no one around to hear it, (laughs) was he actually in that movie? (laughs) (laughs) We said we weren't nice people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Good is different than nice, bitches. But that was a really good joke, therefore we are good people. That's right. (laughs) I needed that. (laughs) Okay, well, the therapy- well, that's our peak. We can't beat that. <laughs> yeah. Therapy is definitely better. I feel better. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop drinking because I'm not. But thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks, good people. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, if I show, I know I have your address. So if I show up on your doorstep, um, I assume that I will be given tea and we, we can we can Irish up that tea for you. <laughs> can you though? Well, I can scotch it up. Yeah. Cause are, are you good with gin? Actually, I don't like gin. You know what? As long as you like wine or prosecco, I think we we can be fine. Yeah. Also whiskey. I'm good with whiskey. Y- you'll be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> I make we'll hilarious get- faces while drinking whiskey, but I like it. We'll get you a drink. We'll get you one of my grand's dogs. We will find you appropriate reading material. Okay. We, you, you'll be fine. 
Yeah. Stay safe, guys, and look after yourself and look after people around you and turn uh, Twitter off for fuck's sake. Yeah. And yes. And stay off Facebook. Yeah. Unless, unless you're, you know, in the mood to pick a fight, in which case don't stay off Facebook. Pick a fight. But also understand that the rule to winning a Facebook fight is to throw a shit grenade and then turn off notifications. <laughs> <laughs> I've won many fights that way. I think there are people who would argue with my definition of winning, but they are wrong because I clearly won. Go watch fun movies, give yourself a face mask, have alcohol. Yep. Listen to David Berry. Take a bath. Like, like long bath. Yes. Mm. Um, and copious amounts of fan fiction. Yeah. And if uh, you could write us some Harry Megan fanfic, that'd be cool. No fewer than 40,000 words, please. That's right. <laughs> Go fill Tina Belcher on this. <laughs> and we'll see everyone back here next month. Yep. Until Bye. then. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to Anglophies, a made of fail production.